for giving us the opportunity to praise you. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Now, Father, open our eyes to behold wonders in your word tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for the great teacher, Holy Spirit, that he teaches us, he guides us, he leads us, he helps us, he comforts us. He is everything to us. And I thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's a couple things here to take note of. All still means all in the Greek. Amen. How much scripture is given by inspiration of God? All scripture by inspiration of God. And all scripture is profitable. You do understand this evening that God gave us the word of God to profit us. Amen? That it is profitable. Now when God talks profit... P-R-O-F-I-T. He talks big stuff. This is not a little dribble or a little drab. This is all of what heaven has, which is unlimited. Never runs out. There is no bottom to the pot. It just keeps coming. Amen. Amen? Just keeps coming. That's what God' definition of profitable is. Now, he lays out here a pattern. This is not doctrine or correction or reproof or instruction in righteousness, he's talking about what the Word of God does for us, through us, in us, to cause that Word to be profitable to us. It's a process, if you will. First comes the doctrine, the teaching. That's what we've got going on. Today, this you have going on every day. The teaching, the doctrine, is the beginning of your march toward being profitable. Amen? So, don't ever allow the enemy to get you to a place where, number one, 
You think you know it all. You don't need any more teaching. Secondly, church, they were called to prayer and ministry of the word. What is the ministry of the word? The teaching of the word, the opening up of the scriptures to our understanding. Very important to understand the scripture. Amen? Parable of the sower tells us that if we don't understand the scripture, Satan steals it immediately. But he also says if we understand the scripture, we keep it and bear fruit a hundredfold. So it's important that we understand the scripture. That's why the teaching is required. Even Jesus, after he was resurrected from the dead, he opened the scriptures to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he opened the scripture to their understanding. But what do we understand with? Our soul, our mind, Amen? What is that, putting two and two together? The light bulb? Oh, that's what it is. You know, if you can see in the spirit realm, there probably is a little light bulb that goes, you know, an angel pops it on and goes, they got it. Amen? So, it's extremely important to understand. And as you go through the, the, the whole, just the New Testament alone, you begin to realize how important the Holy Scriptures are. And what they do for us. Romans tells us, without the Scriptures, we wouldn't have hope. The Scriptures bring us hope. Now, if you don't have any hope, you don't have anything to faith for. Because now faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. So the world's a big liar when it tells you don't get your hopes up. On the contrary, get them up as high as you can get them. Beyond what you can think or ask. Amen? Hey, here we go. A call from heaven. It won't shut off. It was heaven. (laughs) This is the second time I've done this. All right, here we go. Ah, yeah. I didn't put it on airplane mode either. I put it on off. Praise the Lord. Now, look above here in this scripture. 15th verse. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures. This is Paul talking to Timothy, his guy. And he says, from your childhood you knew the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What the scripture does? What does it do? Makes us wise. 
I'm, cons- I'm convinced, and it's not this group here, okay? You can ex- exclude yourself from this statement. But I'm convinced that a large part of the body of Christ doesn't understand the value, the treasure in this written book. I'm thoroughly convinced that, hey, some of these scriptures that we're looking at right now, feel free to pass them on to other brothers and sisters in the Lord because they need to see these. person comes to me and says, I'm hopeless. How long have you been saved? I've been saved 12 years and it's hopeless. I say, "Uh, do you know the scriptures? Have you spent any time in the scriptures? Well, that's something I'm still dealing with. Well, that's why you're hopeless. (laughs) Deal with that. See, there's the answer. Didn't have to fast, didn't have to pray three days, didn't have to anything. There it is, right there. God's good like that. He wants to get right to it. Amen. So, understanding the written word of God is the same thing to us as water is to a fish. Can't live without it. It's the same thing to us as air we breathe. Can't live without it. Three, four weeks, probably three and a half weeks if if I got it down to it, after I'd received Jesus, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Lord spoke to me very clearly, and he said, that book you're holding in your hand, that's not just a book. That's not just my word. The book you're holding in your hand, that's Jesus. At that point, I said, Lord, I'll spend the rest of my life knowing this. You want to know Jesus? Anybody want to know Jesus? Here he is. Jesus is the Word. He became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Teaching. Jesus went around preaching and teaching all the time. He preached for three days. They forgot to eat. So he fed them. That's how good it was. Amen. Now it says for reproof. What is that reproof? What is... What is this word designed to do to be profitable? What it basically means is the word of God is going to remove all error in your thinking. 
It's going to expose every lie of the enemy. It's going to expose every tradition. It's going to expose everything that's holding you back from the Word of God being profitable to the point that all of heaven is in your life. That's not bad. Amen. Reproof. All the wrong thinking torn down. Every stronghold ripped apart within us. Every bad teaching. Everything we heard as a child from the Sunday school quarterly to the catechism to whatever you called it and whatever denomination got got that into you, all of that torn down, ripped away, that's reproof. That's what the Word does. Without the written Word, you continue to think lack, think limit, think your wretch, think condemnation, think guilt. Huh? How many of you know that God, after a while, wants you to feed yourself? I give you the milk for a while, like we do with the baby. See? Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby. It's the milk of the what? The word. That you may what? Grow thereby. Now, here's an interesting word in there. It says in there, desire it. Do you know that one of the instant byproducts or fruit of being born again by the Spirit of God, being a new creation in Him, is an instant desire for this word? insatiable. I can't get enough. That's put into us. Amen? You know the only one who can turn away from that? It's you or I. Spitting out the milk. Hmm? I'm talking, this is fruit of being a new creation in Christ Jesus. You went from not having any desire for this to an insatiable hunger for it. And I'll tell you honestly, if that doesn't happen to an individual, we need to pray again and you need to confess Jesus is Lord and you need to believe in your heart. He's raised from the dead finally. Amen? Too many people living like he is not raised from the dead. Jesus is alive. He's here. He's working all the time. Amen. I've never seen we we our children when they, they we never had to coax them. Mouth open, ready for the milk. Huh? 
They were born into the flesh body. You're born again into the kingdom. You want the food that's in the kingdom. I don't need to be running around as a pastor or a leader or anybody else coaxing somebody to live by eating. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Reproof. Part of just seeing the Scriptures and seeing in the Scriptures what those Scriptures do, okay, that's part of reproof. The Word's working now in you and me. Amen? The next thing is what? Correction. Well, that's simple. I was thinking incorrectly. Now here's the way to think. Not hard. It's not brutal getting beat up. It's not correction like going to jail. Too many try to make a jail book out of this. This is a book of liberty and freedom. This is a book profitable. The scriptures are profitable. People come to me and they say, I don't believe the way you do. I don't believe that healing is for today. I said, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Yeah. Well, we're brothers in the Lord. I have no problem with you not believing it, that healing's not for the day. I feel bad for you because you're going to have to stay sick. I said, I'd rather see you well. I'd rather see you profit from the Word. But... If you insist, fine. I'm not, it isn't going to break fellowship with me. Well, I don't believe that you, we should prosper. Hey, you want to be poor? Bless you, brother. Be poor. See, we're too much into trying to, uh, to rally around a cause. Instead of rallying around Jesus. See? Well, I'm going to make it my business to go after that prosperity message. They don't even know what it is. What, what, What is the big problem with that? God wants you to have enough to live, pay your bills, and have something to give. Well, I... Well, well, what? You know, you're either going to be living with not enough, just enough, or more than enough. I prefer more than enough. Okay, so if you prefer not enough, bless you, brother. Have at it. I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I'm just here to show you what the Word says. You can accept it or reject it however you choose. Amen? The Word says, avoid ignorant disputes over the Word at all costs. And those are ignorant disputes. And you and I, we don't have time for that. 
Amen. There's souls to save. There's people who do want to hear. There's people who want to be healed. There's people who want their broken hearts healed. They want their families healed. They want their relationships. God bring us to that. If it's more important for a person to talk against the scriptures and they feel good about it, have at it. The Bible calls that lying against the truth. What's the truth? By Jesus' stripes, we were healed. What's the truth? He bore all of our sin for forgiveness of all of our sin. What's the truth? God is the one who made the first move. I got news for you. You hear a lot of this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change his character. He didn't stop being love in the old covenant. And because of Jesus, he became love in the new covenant and changed his character. It didn't. He sent Jesus because that was his character. Amen. Amen. Now, now there's some there's some reproof that needs to happen in the minds of people in regards to who God is. How could God be love only part of the time? Huh? It doesn't even make sense to a reasonable, logical person. Do you understand the children of Israel flat rebelled against him in the wilderness? They built a calf. They did everything wrong. He fed them. He clothed them. He kept them well. Okay? He gave them air conditioning and heat until they died. And they spoke themselves to death. They murmured and the devil killed them. Corinthians. Check it to see if what I'm telling you is so. Amen? Years ago, and I know it was the Holy Spirit brought that scripture to me in Acts, said the Bereans were more noble than the others because they checked the scriptures to see if what they were being told was so. And from that point on, over 30 years, I checked the scriptures. You'd be amazed at the problems I avoided when I found that what I was being told wasn't so. Not that I threw out that teacher. I received a lot of good things, but every now and then, us being human beings... Once in a while, we can get a little, uh, how should I say this, off the mark. Because it may be something we heard that we didn't check out, and we just passed it on. See? So now correction if you get in an airplane and you're going to fly to Los Angeles and that pilot doesn't make certain corrections along the way, you're going to wind up like in Alaska. Because they have to make course corrections. And that's all God is saying. The scripture, the written word of God, causes us to make course corrections so we arrive at the destination. 
Where is that destination, prophet? Not only a prophet for ourselves, but us being profitable to the body of Christ. Us being profitable to the kingdom of God. Us showing a prophet. Amen? Amen? God likes that stuff, you know. He likes profit. He's not running a non-for-profit corporation. We do that. He's definitely in business for a prophet. When he sent Jesus, he fully expected a prophet. Amen? Because he knows seed plant harvest works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Instruction in righteousness. Training. That's what instruction in righteousness in the Greek means. Training, discipline. See? What is that discipline and training in the righteousness? Now listen to me very carefully. The kingdom of God operates on principles. Laws. Law is something that when you meet the condition of it, it always works. The law of sowing and reaping. The world doesn't use that principle. Its economy runs on buying and selling. You've got to buy something or sell something in order to make a profit. God says no. No, no. Sow a seed. You get a profit. Well, do you know that it takes faith to sow the seed? What am I saying here? Well, I thought, no. You have to believe him. No, 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 no. Show me, show me the crop, or show me the harvest, and then I'll sow the seed. No. That doesn't even work for the farmer. But oftentimes, Christians live and think that way. Show me first, God, and then I'll. Thomas said, I won't believe. I don't care that you guys all saw him. I don't care that you guys all touched him. I don't care none of that. Unless I touch him... Unless I feel the nail. Why? Because he was overwhelmed by the fact that of Jesus being on the cross and put into the tomb. So he believed what he saw. Didn't he? He saw Jesus die. He saw him put into the tomb. He wasn't willing to believe what his, what his brothers in the Lord said. Instruction, discipline in righteousness, in the way that God does things. God does everything according to a pattern based on a principle. 
That's how he operates. That's how he does everything. He said to Moses, see to it that you build this tabernacle according to the pattern I show you. Don't miss one little thing. And I'm giving you all the artisans and all the workers with the skill to do it. Amen. Now, let me let me let me let me say this. If I took this and I put it right there and I came back a month later, would that have profited me at all? You see, God has chosen at the counsel of his own will to say the only way the power and the profit that's in this word will ever come to being in this earth is only because you put it in you. It must have ground. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any? He said, this is the basis of the whole kingdom of God. The sower sows the word. Amen? And the word is the seed. Then he says, Satan comes immediately to steal or the deceitfulness of riches or the desire for other things. Come, then he talks about how it chokes the word and he talks about good ground. Amen? Now, the only variable, only thing that's changeable in that whole parable is the ground. Everything else is consistent. The Word of God is consistent. The Word of God never changes. Satan's consistent. He's a liar. He always will be a liar. There's no light in him. He's darkness. He's a stinker. And always be a stinker. He can't repent. So he's consistent. He's always going to come try to get that word. Why? Because he knows what that word does. You think he don't know this? Sure he knows it. And he's saying the only way that I'm going to be able to get anything done in my, in my wretched way is i got to keep them from having the word of God. He doesn't, he doesn't follow us around because we're a hot rod and we do all this and we do this and we have this big ministry and we do all that kind of stuff. He follows the Word. Where it goes. Because he has to, you know, he doesn't care who goes to hell or goes to heaven. He just doesn't want us messing around with his deal here. He's got over this world system, nowhere else. See? 
Why do you think he battles baptism in the Holy Spirit in tongues so hard? Because that's the thing that will do him in. Not being born again. All that is is a ticket to heaven. And if you and I never realized, hey, God's got a mission for us here. God's got something to do here. Well, the first thing he's got for us to do is get this word in your heart. Because he wants this word to be profitable, not only for us, but everyone we come in contact with. He wants this word to bear a hundredfold return all the time. Now, what does the Holy Spirit then do? People tell me I'm going through the process, or I'm going through this and that. Well, yes, in a way, only they don't know what the process is they're going through. They think it's some ridiculous thing like i got to be sick all the time because God's trying to teach me something. Well, glory to God, learn to get healed fast if you have to learn to teach you something. Not I've been sick three years. I'm trying to figure out what. If God wanted us to be sick, he would not have sent Jesus to the cross. Come on. He said, stay home. Why go through all this? Jesus didn't need salvation. Amen. Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit is in the process of working where? In our heart. It's always in the heart. God looks on the heart. He don't look on the outward. You can line up ten people and they can all do the exact same thing. Go to church on Sunday. Give, do this, work in this ministry. Do this, this, and this. Okay? And only not only one of the ten... Okay, is where God wants them to be because it's a matter of the heart. It's not give, give, give. It's give, give free will. Not grudgingly of necessity. God's not interested in an offering being brought to him that isn't totally 100% a free will offering. If I don't know that I'm given free will and I think someone's jerking my chain, okay, you couldn't pry the money out of me with a jackhammer. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's the word of God. All right, that begins to change the heart into that good ground. Now, when we get to that second one where I believe a lot of people are, that stony ground, that stony ground, I don't think they understand that those stones are rights we didn't give up to God. We get stuck there. We have a right. 
Of course. I have a right to speak my mind. I have a right to tell anybody what I want to tell them. See? One difference of, of now versus the founding fathers, the founding fathers understood that all their rights came from God. Now we're trying to we're trying to get our own rights. And let me ask you a question. Who can protect your rights better? God or you? That's like a no-brainer. But yet we're always wanting to insert our right. Now, there's a verse of Scripture. Uh, turn to James. I want to touch upon this a moment because it has a lot to do with ground becoming good. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And... Verse 16. For where there is envying and self-seeking, confusion and every evil thing is there. Have you ever been in a situation where just confusion all the time? I have. You know, the word says if there's envying and self-seeking. It's not even talking about the devil being there and invites them in. Now, envying in the Greek is this. What that means is, I have my way of thinking, I have my opinion, and I'm going to tell you what it is. And... You know what? I'm not giving up until you do what I want you to do. I'm not quitting until you see it my way. Until you do it my way. Until you hear what I have to say. Just because it comes to your mind doesn't mean it has to be said. Because the devil knows the moment you take the thought saying, you plant it in your heart. So when a devil comes to you and says, you're just a wretch, you're a no good Christian, and you go ahead and say, I'm just a wretch, I'm a no good Christian, you just seeded that in your heart. And he's going to go full time to water it to get a harvest. But I have a right to say whatever I want. To whoever I want. And nobody can... Envy and self-seeking, confusion, and every evil thing. Stony heart, self, self-righteousness, my way. See, that's what people are doing when they say, I don't have to believe in healing like you say. 
You need to believe my way. That passed away. The word says every evil thing comes in. And confusion. Every person I speak to, every person where I put the word of God out, they have a choice. You can believe it or not. You can take it or leave it. You can put it up here on the shelf and leave it. And God will protect your right to do that. To the point where he'll let you go to hell. Turn to 1 Peter 2. Last scripture. 1 Peter 2. One Peter two twenty three. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. What is he talking about here? He's talking about Jesus, who was insulted, who was spit on, who was abused. All of it, never, never threatened back fought back, yelled back, reviled back, ever. And why? Because he committed himself to God who judges righteously. Now look at the verse before that. Verse 22, Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found where? In his mouth. Hello? You don't understand. I have a right to tell them what I think because of what they said. As a matter of fact, what they said to me was a big lie. And I have a right to tell them was a big lie. But isn't it interesting, the next verse of Scripture? 2.24 Whose sins he took upon him and by whose stripes you were healed. People who revile have a tough time staying healthy. Why? Because of a lack of faith in committing to him who judges righteously. God will fix it. I can't tell you the number of people who come for prayer over the last few years who got dismissed from their job wrongly, who were accused of something they didn't do, who have had issues and problems like that. And they want to get the lawyers and they want to do this and they want to do that. When they come and say, would you pray with me? I'm saying, are you willing to commit to him who judges righteously and do nothing and say nothing? Hmm? You want to? You going to release God now? Amen. 
what happens? That stone comes out of the heart, and the heart becomes what? Good ground. Not stony. So when that tribulation and that persecution and that stuff comes along, it got no place to get a hold of you because there's no stones there. And that word grows, and it gets strong, and I guarantee you, God can turn it around in a day. A day. Amen. Praise the Lord. There are people you know. They've reviled. It's made them sick. It's made them sick in their heart. It's made them sick in their body. It's made them sick in their mind. But you know what the good news is? A, God hears our prayers. B, we can forgive them. He'll forgive them. C, okay, the blood of Jesus cleanses. We'll break the power over those words for them. Now, we're going to have the anointing into this cloth. You take the cloth to the person. Put it under their pillow. Put it in their hand. Okay? Bam, healed. Bam, changed. Bam, bam, bam. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the truth of your word. I pray for every person now in this auditorium or under the sound of my voice right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the authority in the name. And right now I take authority over every reviling word that any person has spoken right now. And I render it useless in the name of Jesus. I break the power of it right now. And Lord, we forgive right now. Every person who spoke a reviling word toward us. Every single time that we've heard that, every single time we heard it, didn't walk away from it. Right now, we forgive those people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. You're bringing it to the minds of people right now, who they are. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that not only they be healed in heart, but be healed in body and mind in the name of Jesus, but that they have an encounter with you. In such a way that their life will never be the same again. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the anointing. The anointing to heal the brokenhearted. The anointing to set the captives free. The anointing to cause people to understand the word becoming profitable in their life. The acceptable year of the Lord. And right now I speak that anointing right now into this cloth, these cloth in the name of Jesus. I thank you for that anointing right now in Jesus' name. The anointing to heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free, heal bodies, spirit, soul, and body, heal minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.